Hi there, I'm Glenn Saville, and you're listening to the Always Race Day podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to the latest episode of the Always Race Day podcast. I promise when we start doing this uh, and we get in the routine again on, on our normal scheduled days, I'll have the numbers memorized again. That was the whole point at the start was I didn't want to do that the first few episodes we did, and then we ended up referencing numbers. So I think it's 141, 141 or 142. Um, but huge shout out uh, before we get started, the Carl Auto Group, they are our presenting sponsors. They do a lot for us. Um, and they are people that are able to uh, get us up and down the road uh, all the way through racing season. So working on stuff, starting to prep for 2024, but uh, super excited for the uh, things to come in the future here. Um, I, I didn't even introduce us. I'm Connor Ferguson with Josh Olmstead and Caleb Sloha. Sloha? Sloha, yeah, you had it. Sloha, all right. I, I got to stop second-guessing myself. Anyway, guys, I am so, like, excited because a guy that, you know, I've cheered for their team since their inception, and I've cheered for this guy longer. Um, I've just always been a fan of the of their team on what they've been able to build. Um over the course of this season and years past. And it's been one of the best seasons ever um, for, for this guy. And uh, for them to uh, end up in victory lane today, uh, like my favorite driver going to victory lane, I will never trade that. Like, so excited about what happened today. What do you guys think? I was talking about Antron Brown and uh, Ron Caps. Who are you guys thinking that I was referencing? Sorry about yeah, that. See, that. I I knew it was some sort of ploy to try to get us to say something. I needed yeah, I, I needed a reaction out of Caleb, and I got I got on the Zoom way too late tonight. I I was running late, forgot my backpack. But normal week, Caleb's like in my ear, like, "Who are you talking about? Chase Elliott sucked today, Connor." Well, and he didn't win, so that, I knew yeah. it wasn't that, but. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to see where you were going with that. I was going to try to connect something in with, like, I've always been a fan of that numbered car. <laughs> try, try, try to get the Jeff Gordon 24 into it somehow. Uh, but, no, a lot of, uh, lot of stuff um, happened this weekend, and uh, I, we'll, get, we'll get to the Chase Elliott debacle and all that in a sec. Um, William Byron wins uh, Watkins Glen, but – like one of the worst Watkins Glen races I can remember ever. And it, it, like all these people too, by the way, that, you know, they run around like F1's two hours. They always limit their races by time. And it makes so much more sense because of people's attention span these days. That race sucked. This is the worst race I've seen in my life. I probably shouldn't, I can't, I can't say that. I, that was hyperbole. I'm sorry, but holy cow. Like, no one could pass once you get up to him. There's like one passing zone on the entire track on a road course. Like it was just rough. Well, I think we've kind of seen that road courses with this car have, I mean, have struggled to be good. So they definitely like uh, a step back, but it never seemed as bad as it was to me today. Yeah. And unless your name is SVG on a Chicago course, like you just can't pass with this package. Right. And this car in particular. And yeah, I think the Chicago, I think Chicago is a little bit different just because, I mean, it's, it's just not a normal road course either, but yeah. Oh, Chicago is better than the rest of the road course. So I'm ready to call my favorite road course on the schedule. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, it's different. It's hard. When, 
you've got a guy who's just that much better. I mean, obviously you you'll be able to pass no matter what, but yeah, I mean, it's just conversation we've had multiple times where they've got to figure out the, the package a little bit. And I mean, honestly too, I think you just had like the 24 had a really good car today and you had a lot of guys, I think that just were off their game as well. I should probably get to this before we get too deep into the race. So we're, what we're doing with uh, our podcast network is we're kind of, we're not expanding. Nothing's really like changing or anything right now. Um, but this is going to be like an asphalt only show and then we'll have a dirt only show. Um, I don't know how that's going to work on the titles on the episodes. So you guys like, forgive me for sounding like a TikToker, but sound off in the comments or send me a DM on Twitter and tell me what, what you would prefer, I suppose, as far as I don't want, I'm not going to come up with a new logo and names for all the shows yet until, uh, until we figure out what we're doing for 2024. But, uh, I can say, I hope I and think that you guys will like it. And at least if you only like one or the other, you don't have to do that sorting now and that we can kind of take care of it for you. I think it'll be a good thing for um, easier for people to find their content and uh, keep it more organized for sure. I'm just going to start going on the dirt podcast and just talking mad shit about the NASCAR podcast. There you go. <laughs> this has like this ongoing internal feud about each podcast, but it's actually just the same people it, running both shows. And it's just Connor complaining. About, I'm the only one saying anything about it on either show. Like you guys hear the shot they took at us. And it was just something I said three days earlier. Yeah, I think, yeah, we, we can do something with that. That'll be something. Scotter on the Dirt Podcast keeps talking about how bad the guy that keeps talking crap about the Dirt Podcast. <laughs> the damn elitist with the fox hat on the damn asphalt podcast. Every week, man, he just looks down on us. The damn Connor guy on that Dirt Podcast keeps talking about hockey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to figure out which show to take my other niches to. It'll all, it'll all be just fluent. Um, I think you guys, in, if you're a fan of both, just listen to both and it won't change. You'll get more content out of us is what you're getting um, because we'll have more time to kind of establish things and talk about things and we can kind of give everything the same amount of time each week. Although to start this with that NASCAR race sucks ass. There's like still can, a lot to talk about, though. Yeah, I can fill three hours on talking about anything, but holy cow. I mean, just like it was an hour and 58 minutes. It didn't feel like I, I was relieved of any extra time of my day. I was like, I was just sitting there waiting for them to pass anyways. Uh, and they weren't going to do that. So, I, you know, maybe we just watch the same thing for another 30 minutes and then complain that the races are too long. I don't know what that part of it is, but, I, you know, this, I'm, I'm just sick of having to watch a race and go, these cars aren't built for this track. Yeah. And I think that's definitely something that like helped is that it was a shorter race. I mean, it took longer for them to process tech inspection than it took the race to run. So, um, I mean, I think at least like with races today, they, it was short. So at least you've, you know, don't feel like you wasted an entire day. Yeah, and that's it's it's a little better. I don't know. Um, we do need to talk about Chase Elliott and Alan Gustafson and all that stuff. So I remember when I was a kid that so Alan Gustafson is the crew chief for Chase Elliott now. Obviously, if you don't know that, um, but when I was a kid, 
he was crew chief for Jeff Gordon. There was a whole season where I wanted him fired. I, I was 12, 13, something or the other like that. 2012. Maybe that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Rain man, Josh over here. He's telling me it was 2012. I'd trust him. That would fit the timeline. Uh, uh, yeah, it was a, cause that was a year that, uh, Mr. Boyer and him had an incident and in, which was all the, ultimately the years of frustration built up. Yes. And boy, was that a fun day. Still wish they would have let him go one-on-one because Jeff wouldn't have let up. That would have been funny. Clint Boyer wouldn't be Clint Boyer today if he got his ass kicked by Jeff Gordon. I, I, I might be the only one in America that thinks Jeff Gordon's winning that fight. But I've yeah, I, 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 honestly, Jeff Gordon lifts. I'm just letting you know. I stood next to him three years ago, and there's no way he's gone down in progress. But I, I'm not fighting Boyer in the state that he was in. Like – I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight a fourth grader that was in the state that Boyer was in at that moment. Like that's <laughs> Boyer was going to uh, just not give anything on that. So it, it would have not been good. But and yeah. it was it was yeah. We, I mean, I'm not going to get into it because I'll I'll anger a whole bunch of people. But oh no, I kind of uh, want to hear it now. It was a very sad moment from a champion of that caliber. So. Oh, yeah. I, I'm an anti-purist, so for you to say that, that actually does anger me quite a bit. At least you know who you're talking to. I mean, you have this legend of the sport and who has won multiple championships and is on a team like Hendrick, who is very suit-tightened up, tie, you know, all that stuff. But then, like, to to go right rear somebody into the wall like that, take out other cars with you, and you, you about complete – well, I will say you took out Boyer, who was in the championship run, and you about took out another car that was in the championship run. It just it, – it, it was bad. And you're, talking, you're saying Jeff Gordon did this? Yeah. Jeff yeah, I don't, I don't remember it like that, so my client's not speaking on any of that stuff. I just like the passion after the race, Caleb. Oh God! We'll have to do off-season shows about that stuff where we just get really pissed off, like like I, the NASCAR classics. Yeah, I would do one on the playoff when Gordon got the extra playoff spot. Yeah, that's something. I'm very happen. passionate about how that was the right thing to do. I agree. I won't. I won't just give you guys non-answers where I say I'm not talking about it for the sake of the show. But we'll actually hop into shit, and I'll, that'd be fun to do if we have time. So. No, but uh, so I, I wanted. There's a year where I was. I want to fire Alan Gustafson. This guy sucks. He has no clue what he's doing. A couple years later, I kind of figure out like, okay, he probably knows what he's doing a little bit because he hasn't been fired yet. Um, so I might as well like not hate this guy. And the, the 2014 year, it, like, saved him. Yeah, um, and obviously he ends up winning a title with Chase uh, in 2020. And yes, yeah. Um, and like all, all is well in the world and Hendrick has this powerhouse team. Today, he left Chase out on the track on a reserve tank for three laps at Watkins Glen. Chase runs out of fuel in the middle of the race. Yeah, I, listen, here's the thing that you got to remember though. I mean, people can't be on their game every single time. Oh, no, I, I agree. What I, yeah, what I kind of want to hear from you, Caleb, is like how, like, viably, how does this happen? Because that is one of the harder things to do. 
what well, it just feels like one of the more obvious screw ups to catch. That makes sense. Well, yeah, I mean, it could be something like you miscalculate or you misjudge how much you're what. I did hear that there was potentially that the fuel pickup did not work as well. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that can affect that. And, you know, you you trust that. I, I'll say it's almost like I'm, I'm surprised that this stuff kind of doesn't happen more often because, like, you have so many moving parts on those cars that you're expecting, like, oh, yeah, we can go three more laps on fuel, but you're expecting, like, eight different parts to, like, work exactly how you think that they're going to work and it's surprising that it doesn't happen more often that you just kind of have a weird glitch in the system and yeah it, it was it was kind of a badly calculated risk and it just didn't work out um like i said I, there's just kind of it seemed like a lot of people off their game and the nine team really all season has just not been able to like put a cohesive season together yeah and well what's surprising to go back to your point of why it doesn't happen so often this is going to sound like a sarcastic slate at nascar it's it's directly the opposite but the, it's the pinnacle of fendered asphalt motorsports right like these are the best guys in the world at this discipline of racing just like indycar is for open wheel just like the world of outlaws are today for 410 sprint car racing right like that's that's just where the top guys are at where the top teams are at where everyone that knows what they're what they're doing is there so that like there's safeguards in to prevent stuff like this there's computer data there's sheets that are supposed to catch errors before they happen and for it to happen a to a championship team that has proven itself recently um i sure hope 2020 is still recently but it also also feels like a long long time ago ages ago but they've proven themselves that obviously they're in the best equipment for it to happen to them and happen as regularly as we've seen kind of weird things happen to this team this year just feels like nothing's buttoned up and something's got to change and that if it's alan gustafson it's him but if it's someone else it's someone else but what is it i mean you know do you kind of and it's hard internally it might be a different thing internally maybe they are thinking okay this person's the problem or that's the problem or whatever or you could just look at it and you say okay chase has been a problem this year with his incident and then getting suspended uh no 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 getting injured off the racetrack is not an incident that's not is that what you're talking about Getting injured, yeah. That's no, but that's getting injured. That's getting injured off the track in a freak accident. That is not an incident. I understand. I'm just doing some PR for us and for Chase at the same time. Still part of the reason he's not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, that's I guess you can't hold it against him though, like you can't. Let me talk. Yeah, you're right. No, I've been doing that tonight. You're good. Go ahead. If you look at it and you look at their season you can go through and say, okay, maybe it's this person that's a problem or this person a problem, whatever. Or do you just look at it and you say, let's just throw this year away because you had a deal where your driver got injured, then your driver got suspended. You had a crew chief make a bad mistake. You might have this person here, there. I mean, do you just look at the year as a whole and you say, we know that we're better than this. This was just not our year let's just scratch it out and we move forward next year. And then I think if you have the same issues next year, then you need to look at like, 
okay. And I don't, I don't think you go through the entire year. I mean, if you get through halfway of the year and you're having the same problems, then it's time to, to start making changes. Yeah. And to follow like with that, I personally don't think Hendrick is willing to pass up on Alan Gustafson, but the potential for probably who's Bowman's crew chief. Greg Ives. Greg Ives. Yeah. They could maybe. Ult- no, wait, those. Isn't it Blake? Is it not Ives anymore? I met, I met Alex's crew chief. His first name is Blake. And I want to say his last name is Harris, but I want to make sure. Well, it's- he's got a new one this year. If I'm it's correct. Blake Harris, I think. Yeah, I was going to say. The only reason Greg I sounded right, but that name. was one of the I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 2023, yes, is Blake Harris. It was okay. Greg Ives retired last year. For so some reason, I had Lewis in my head, and I didn't want to say Lewis or Harris or pick one or the other. But, yeah, I have met Blake down in Tulsa this year. He's a fantastic dude. Very nice guy. I am uh, I'm bad at like the crew chiefs. So I yeah, I have a master document where I had them good and memorized when I was updating it a lot and now I haven't updated it in a while. I got to catch up on it. But uh. yeah, I'm I just think like maybe even just a change of environment for him just for the fact that I mean, Stuart Haas did that this year as well. Um obviously nothing has really changed from that. However, I just think I don't see I don't foresee Hendrick willing to give up Gustafson. I don't know. I mean, it launched Stuart Haas into what might be a manufacturer change, but I'm not I'm not reporting that. So, listen, I, the, I we will the, still I will still keep that, and that's not like a that's a worst kept secret type of deal. It's pretty easy to read into what people ask and stuff like that. I'm telling you guys, I'm not reporting it, but I will keep like. We'll give you stuff that we can't tweet out on the podcast. Like it won't be like a premium type message board thing, like we have at Fanatic. But and obviously that's not a great example because it it's a pretty decently known thing. But yeah, I'm excited to see what that does for them. Um, we were talking about Elliot and then Blake Harris, Cruci. Okay, well. The first thing is, I mean, like, does Chase want Gustafson next year? That's my first question. I don't, I don't actually know the answer, but if it's a yes, then keep him for sure. I'm not, and I'm not even advocating to fire him if it's the other thing. But yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like it. There's either internal things going on where they're saying, okay, it's a problem with so and so, or they're just looking at it and they're saying, it. We just need to scratch off this year and and look at you know, moving forward for next year and, you know, getting back to how things were. Cause everybody has those years, right? Like everybody just has the. Everybody has that, those days. Yeah. 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 Montana. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, it, it's a hard thing because you do, you look at like the last six weeks and you say Chase should have easily pointed his way into the playoffs and he's 200 out now. <laughs> like he was not racing for stage points. And I was shouting on my television, and I didn't text you guys, but I texted one of my other racing friends, and he goes, "Calm down, Connor. You're reading way too much into this." It, yeah, it just it's like, and that's people have been giving Denny Hamlin crap this week because, like, you know, weeks ago he chose Chase Elliott pointing his way in over Michael McDowell getting in, and everybody's just like crapping all over Hamlin, but it's like what I said a couple weeks ago, 
is it possible that you know McDowell did what he did and you know Chase doesn't? No, but it it wasn't likely. You know the yeah. likelihood was Chase was going to have decent finishes and point his way in, but that just has not happened. And so that's really what the team has to look at and be like, okay, we had the injury, we had the suspension. Obviously, that's why we were where we were. But like in the last what how two months basically since he came back that where have the issues been there and that's what they got to figure out for next year so yeah i have like a wish list of things i want if chase doesn't make the playoffs and doesn't win at daytona or if he gets taken out by someone trying to flub the playoff standings and they create an extra spot for him which is also a viable thing that could happen we've seen that we have an example of it no, I don't also think would, I don't think he would be the one that gets bitted in. I'm also cheering for that. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like, you know, like maybe like Ty Gibbs or AJ Elmendinger, who are 17th and 18th in the points, would probably get their bid in over Chase Elliott. No, but uh, if if Chase doesn't get in, I want I want him to just take the microphone and just be unapologetically him and just talk about everyone he who has wronged him over the years and everyone he's tried to or actually wrecked um, during a race successfully and then take ownership for it and call NASCAR's bluff. See how many penalties they're willing to give you, your most popular driver who just missed the playoffs. I would love to just see that battle because I do think it's a bit ridiculous that, you know, if these guys are honest um, anywhere after the race, like, yeah, I took him out, like they'll get penalized for saying they wrecked him on purpose. I think it's kind of bullshit at this point. And I'll get to that later in this episode as to why. That's one thing. The other thing, Caleb reminded me of this, that if the season's lost, we'll just throw it in and, and wait till next year. Well, Travis Pastrana's given Chase multiple rides in Nitro Rally Cross cars. I want Travis in the nine car for one more race this year. And then Chase could take his spot for a Nitro Rally Cross race, and they could both abandon the championship for the betterment of motorsports. Okay, Caleb, that's fine. You, you can be against diversity. It's okay. Caleb, you're on mute. You've been on mute for... <laughs> I didn't even do that. My mouse was just on it, so it must you're have good. just excellent. Um, diversity when we're putting another just white dude in the car. And... Yeah, diversity of driving skill. Sorry, I can find another driver that's going to miss the playoffs and we can put someone else in his car too. Yeah, I don't think, I don't know how Napa would feel about that necessarily. Well, then let's get Chase accidentally hurt for one week. <laughs> I, I have ways around these ideas, man. Um, no, but uh, going into Daytona, it looks like Bubba Wallace has a 30 point lead, and the broadcast today was talking about it like it was an all said and done thing. Like, he, everyone below the cut line needs a win. Well, okay, if Bubba's not in the top 10 in the first two stages, and I have no reason to think that's how that race is going to go. Um, and it's Ty Gibbs who's the first one out, right? Correct. Yeah, so Ty's if Ty goes and sweeps the first two stages, well, that's 20 points that's, right there. Yeah, it immediately cuts it to 12 then. And it, we've seen easier – like, we've seen more crazy things happen. I don't understand why we know how the playoffs work and then pretend that we don't. And we just go to these – the broadcasters just kind of go to these, like, simple, like, yeah, basically everyone outside the cutoff 
needs to win. You know, nothing else about it. Simple explanation. And it's like, man. Well, so here's the demise to Ty Gibbs. That he is battling a fellow Toyota driver. In the way the manufacturers work, they're most likely going to be by each other most of the race. So if Gibbs is at the front, Wallace is probably going to be at the front as well. So that kind of leads against him in the fact that the, well, with the manufacturing deal. That's fair. Um, Ty Gibbs would like to have a discussion with you about Toyota teamwork. Valid. <laughs> Do you, I don't, uh, Caleb, yeah. Caleb, why don't you take, because you watched it live. I've just watched clips. But take me through uh, the Xfinity race. Um, and how everyone uh, ended up being pissed. Go right up to the point where everyone on Twitter is complaining about Sam Mayer, and then I'll take over with my Ty Gibbs rant. Well, I think the people that are complaining about Sam Mayer are off base. I, um, I completely agree, but it seemed like it was the all of NASCAR Twitter. It was every tweet that I'm refreshing my For You page, I'm refreshing the other feed, and everyone is complaining about Sam Mayer and not the kid that fought the other dude that you're complaining about with his damn helmet on. Yeah. Um, well, so I actually didn't get to see that live. Josh saw it live, but I mean, we pretty much know um, leading up to it, Gibbs kind of put Mayer in the wall. And obviously those two have had their issues in the past. Right. But so there's a whole, someone made a whole YouTube compilation of their like run-ins on the racetrack and it goes back to like an Arca East race at Dover. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So they, they're already angry at each other and we know mayor is going to have a different feeling about it now because Gibbs isn't going for points or anything like that. Um, so they're going through the S's and Gibbs just kind of pushes up and, you know, makes contact with mayor. They get into a well, mayor gets into the wall and, it was mostly a racing incident, I feel like. I feel like, you know, Gibbs probably got in there a little too hot, but it was just them going too wide in the S's at Watkins Glen. Um, but I, I certainly understand Mayer's frustration of, like, you've got this bad relationship with this guy. He's not in here for points, and now he just fenced you. And so, what? Well, like, the crazy thing is, too, is Mayer in his interview goes – Oh, like anyone else, I'm like doing the same thing, like it was an accident or whatever. But going back to the radio conversation before the restart, where the crew chief said, do anything you have to do to win. And he goes 10 fucking four. That kind of no, no, correlates about, Josh, a little no, differently. Hold on, Josh. Think about why you're hearing Mayor say that after the race and why he didn't admit to that comment. Uh, so right. he doesn't get because put on the booking back burner exactly and it just makes your drivers look like liars to the race fans that are going to ultimately cheer especially if the other party deserves it when you take them out and bump and run them well here's what i'll say you take you take that like that honesty and that ability to be honest you take away 10 percent of the driver's personality after the race that's also in my opinion why chase elliott's such a stick in the mud in front of the microphone you can tell he just doesn't want to say anything to piss anybody off he just goes into that mode i don't know but yeah, go Caleb. Yeah, I but I mean to me too though, like if you're telling me do anything it takes to win the race, that just means I'm gonna send it down into turn one to try to get spots. That doesn't mean payback, but, right, I, but I, it's implied. I feel like it was 
I feel like it was payback. I, I feel like even if he didn't go into there with the mentality of like, oh, I'm spinning him, it was, all right, I'm going for the win. I'm also mad at the guy in front of me. I'm going to send it in there deep. The garage, needs to, the garage needs to just get like a phrase that means like I took him out on purpose, but they call it something else. Like if they just bulldog or something like that, or I, I just Tasker Phillips did into the corner and uh, I got out of it okay. And everyone knows what it means and NASCAR can't penalize it because they're not coming out and explicitly saying it. There you go. That's what so, this yeah. race team alliance was built to do. We need to have these meetings and get, get this comedic stuff out there. Oh, geez. I don't know about that. <laughs> so then uh, after the race, of course, um, Gibbs has, in my mind, made a fool of himself with his comments. Um, and again, like... His, You're talking about this week, not previously. Are you talking about, like, since the mayor incident? Like, this mayor incident or the first, the Martinsville one? Are you talking about the Martinsville one? Okay, from then to that, from then to now. But that was the thing is like after after Martinsville, his comments that he made in the interview seem super tone deaf. And what's funny is everybody knows he's super PR. You ask him a question and the only thing I mean, you can ask him what he thinks about rainbows. And he's literally just going to tell you his team was great. God is great. And thank you, Monster Energy. It does even what was it? It was a couple weeks ago that the interviewer kept like asking him questions and he just wouldn't answer. All he would give you is the same three bullet points. And I saw multiple people talk about that. So he's so hyper PR. It's, it's kind of frustrating because he does then have zero personality, but then when he gets into these scuffles, he makes comments that are just super, super tone deaf. And, you know, after Martinsville, it was, you know, about how Jesus was booed too and all that. And now, right, time, yeah. And now this time he's going and he's making comments. Well, I'm racing on Sundays and he's not. Okay, a mayor, I'm sure would love to have his grandpa own one of the best NASCAR teams. It, like, I, it, I completely agree. And for just for to, for reference, Jesus didn't race on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, so, but I did make the comment today when we were sitting there watching Arca. I said, "You know what? Sam Mayer may not race on Sundays, but Dale Quarterly is racing on Sundays." <laughs> so, did you watch that today? How was it? Uh, Boring. God, it was. It was bad. It, uh, did you? Can, see okay, that? I want to petition uh, Arca just to move that to the night. So, like it's always like smack dab same time as the Cup race today, and it's like you have two dirt races to spotlight them. There's. I, and I, w I was telling Josh and Elliot this today, too, though. Could you imagine if NASCAR in the cup level with the guys that have all the money in the world and all the resources in the world, could you imagine if NASCAR Cup Series said, we're going to schedule two races in one weekend halfway across the country from each other, the cup guys would just not. They would not. They wouldn't show up. And you've got these guys in ARCA – pulling this i mean you you had venturini guys this weekend that raced three times they had they had crew members that flew from race to race and participated in all three races this weekend and it and was what it was watkins Glen, right and then illinois state fairgrounds yeah so, so from basically like from new york, new york so yeah that's a longer track than any world of outlaws trip 
all year. And in, you know that in two days. Like plus, not to mention again, you're talking about Arca, so a lot of these guys are just doing. They're, no, they're all losing money, it's, right? It's what literally a pick a pickup truck and an enclosed trailer. But you're not even you're racing. It's not like you're going to a quarter mile banked oval and then another quarter mile banked oval. You're going from a road course to a dirt track. Like there is just you can't even take the same car and just go like Sean Cor can't just load up after Watkins Glen and start driving over to Illinois. Like it, it is insane to me that, that, that that's how the schedule works. That's why, that's why I love Arca. Like if you just love it for what it is and I don't love that decision, I'm not trying to defend it. This is more of a message to Chris Williams explicitly, but like there's so many wild, like little intricacies that happen and you can look back and it's like Jeff Gordon faced, Steve Kenzer in an ARCA race and they got pissed at each other and fought like that's crazy and that didn't happen obviously I just threw two names out there but you, you wouldn't be surprised right like if you right. found an old right. K&N race from 1998 and all, all of a sudden that's who's in it <laughs> my example from today so they had a video posted on Twitter of a very young Frankie Muniz who I'm sure was yeah. like at on a race or whatever and he was all talking about how he was wearing kenny schrader's jacket and he was talking to kenny schrader and then he was out battling kenny schrader at the illinois state fairgrounds in an arca race i mean i so like the the drivers when they do their post-race tweets i think that really like helps people kind of understand what your mood is after that like uh is it rj houston that is uh on bubba wallace's crew um i think jr houston thank you um, and he tweeted about how monumental of a day it was for them. And it's like, I, the impact didn't, and I, I heard Bubba's interview and I, I loved Bubba's interview. I thought it was great. I thought it was cool that he called Scott Dixon to ask him about driving on road courses and stuff. And Dixon had to tell him, dude, shut up. You're where you belong. You're obviously talented. Like that, those stories are cool, but I didn't realize the impact until JR tweeted his post-race thing. And when drivers do that, especially sprint car guys, especially guys with lesser platforms do it. Like, I think it gives fans an understanding of what you're feeling and i love that frankie did it today and quote tweeted it with that video clip that someone else posted uh it, with the context in the original tweet and it kind of like here's a full circle like recap of my day that took me 15 seconds to read and i can understand like how cool that was for frankie Munez and also be like man the kid that was on malcolm in the middle like liked racing loves kenny schrader and he got to face him today like that's sweet that, that's the, I mean, those are the stories that, I mean, I love out of ARCA specifically, but those are the stories that I just love in general that I feel like get missed sometimes. I mean, you have, you look at like Elio Castroneves and Tony Kanaan. I mean, those guys grew up when they were six years old, they grew up together and were friends. And I mean, what are the odds that they both grow up to end up in the same realm of professional motorsports and are both successful too i mean it's not like one entered in and was a starting park for a couple years and then fell out i mean they are both very successful and you have to you have know, a, lot one, of, a lot of things bounce your way yeah and one didn't go racing f1 one didn't go right you know like they they ended up in the same spot after being friends since they were very, very young. And there's a lot of things that have to come together for that to happen. And so, yeah, like those stories, the, the Bush brothers are the same way. I mean, what are the odds that you, you have two brothers grow up similar aged to, and 
they both kind of end up on the same path and are both very successful at, you know, what they were doing. Well, Sawyer and Tasker Phillips will have you hold uh, hold their beer for well, you. There's other examples. I know. I'm just, I'm just, I had to give a positive Tasker one after using his name as code word for take anyone out on purpose whenever you want to. He doesn't do that either. Like, that's not what I was referring to. Um, I had shown my grandmas before I got over here. I had dinner with my family. I shown them our Knoxville stuff. So they enjoyed that. They, my, one of them could not get over that his name was Tasker. She thought I said the word pastor. It took me 17 times spelling it out for is bad, but no, fantastic people that surround, uh, surrounding always race day and myself and, and all you guys. So I'm excited, uh, for what's to come with that. I kind of have punted on my Sam Mayer, Ty Gibbs ran. I think Caleb got it all for me. Quite honestly. I, now I did assign Josh on a special assignment. Josh is going to be our Alex Palou, uh, attorney Fuck. i can't even pronounce the guy's name right and i'm doing lawyer words well he's going to be our expert on the alex pillow lawsuit uh deposition um and briefcase case i just threw out three lawyer words for you josh yeah so i did find an article that gives a very detailed description of the entire situation i don't want you to read it word for word i just want you to give me the understanding yeah, say it to me like i'm a five-year-old so Alex Polo signed contract to be reserve driver for McLaren for F1. In said contract, it stated that he would race for them in 2024. Now he is basically slashing. He signed, he signed contract, right? Yeah. So he's, well, now he's basically trying to slash that deal. Here's the problem. So in, in him signing that contract, it sounds like uh, McLaren – paid polo money the basically the initial start of his yeah and then they've also started funneling you know f1 development money to you know get him acclimated and you know they've started putting in funds to get him ready for f1 yeah it's not free to test nothing in f1 is free right like that's that's pretty obvious right yeah yeah, and well, yeah, have a lot of things like the training and stuff. You gotta buy his special snacks that he likes, and no, but yeah, there's there's a lot of money there. Chicken fingers? Is that what you're talking about? He likes only the green M and M, so they've been paying a guy for months to sort through all the M and M. So what's interesting is in in the two lawsuits that were filed, um, it sounds like they are the. The type of lawsuit that was filed is a cash only reimbursement lawsuit. So um, they're just not looking for money out of them. Yep. They're yes. not. They're they want their money back essentially that they put to invest in them. As in, on one side, you guys are like, oh, Connor's going to find a way to trash this and make it about F1. Yeah, damn right I am. That's the only side I'm taking here. They got enough money. Uh, yeah, I get they feel screwed over, but they're just, they just want his money. They don't want him to drive for him. They don't care about driver talent over there. Don't pretend like they do. If they did, he'd be on a plane over there tomorrow because they gave him too much money and said, you're out of your IndyCar contract tonight. You're not winning this title, and we're taking you now. They don't. That's the whole thing. I would also like, if either of you guys know any lawyers, I'd like to counter Sue that two lawsuits for that is stupid. I, I get that he signed two contracts. That's overkill. I want to sue them for over suing 
uh, my buddy Alex Plow. Don't break promises. Read contracts thoroughly. I'm not signing anything, by the way. <laughs> oh, and I should say allegedly. This is all alleged. Um, I'm trying Clear to see if so. If the one is against Pelot, the other is against his racing entity. Okay, well, eh, that so, still feels, that still feels like overkill to me. I think we have a case here. I'm just looking. I'll reach out. I need to reach out to any Uwazurike's lawyer. He's going to try to blow open this guy from the Iowa DCI about the gambling investigation, which I would love to see that too. The the, the hard thing is there's obviously the minor details to this situation, but a, like but all three parties essentially are in declining to comment. Right, so, and cause, uh, which, this, and at this with, point, it's a lawyer's words against everyone else's, and anything you could you say can be put into the case. I get, yeah. yeah and at this, with ongoing investigations, I know there's a lot of logistics that you can't discuss as well while a case is open. They should so call UPS. Also... Why is that, Connor? Because they know logistics. It was on the back of a race car for like six years. <laughs> Never knew what the word logistics meant, but I saw it on the back of the race car when I was 13, and UPS knows them, so. That's the weirdest slogan ever. I got, it's, I was Iowa basketball, let's be mad again, and then UPS, we know logistics. I just want anything in the situation to go against Chip Ganassi, because he about hit me on his scooter at Iowa. You, well, you can't, <laughs> no, you can't hold that in the back. Have one D. Francesco, and I would now. There was like 30 minutes where I was like, I want to punch that dude in the face. He almost hit me with his damn scooter. You can't, you got you to gotta let bygones be bygones. And John, still- by the way, if you got hit by Chip Ganassi on a scooter, not to like not to disparage your life and your accomplishments, but that'd be a top 20 thing to ever happen to you, right? So that, that was what my first thoughts were. I was like, I about got hit by Chip Ganassi. Yeah, I, at least it's cool. If I say I about got hit by Devlin D. Francesco, I have to explain he's an IndyCar driver and then what team he races for and then how good he is. And- well, so the, the whole deal was it, because it was obviously just Noah and I, but I heard him beep behind me, so I stepped to the side and he proceeded to like have to slow down enough, so he started to wiggle the cart, and that's when it like wiggled towards me, and I had to step back even more. What, wait, was it one of the box like? No, box, it was an actual game. like moped. I was okay. Gotcha. Yeah, it'd still be funny either way. Yeah, like it I think be- you falling over like the box that like <laughs> a box scooter kind of thing that carries all the team's equipment and knocking half of it over. <laughs> That'd be like Josh falls into uh, Chip Ganassi has a bunch of illegal parts on their box cart, <laughs> like that. That would make like, me. Oh, look, whoa, whoa, whoa! Look at this. <laughs> we would have done numbers on that podcast. Yeah, make sure you look for that next time we're at Iowa. <laughs> but no, uh, it, it really interesting things in that saga. Um, and how many drivers have signed two contracts that you guys know? Like, I can't remember it ever happening. It's one of the weirder stories ever. And the fact that he's going to end up racing with Chip Ganassi for, and this is from the background I have on what they're asking for in these lawsuits and how he's driven this season. But the fact that it 
is going to be Chip Ganassi and Alex Pillow racing together for the next five, six years down the, down the line, whatever it ends up to be. Major win for IndyCar, major win for Chip and everybody else involved. Like that's, as long as it comes out like that, I, I, if I was Chip, I'd just front the money and just say, all right, take this, whatever. I don't know how much money they're asking for though. It's probably a lot more than they should be. And that's probably the whole reason it's a lawyer. I mean, I'm sure Chip can't be real happy either though that like, no, you have to be really dumb to sign two contracts. I don't know who told him to do that, who advised him that that's a good idea. Like, you have to be really damn stupid because you can't race for two cars at the same time. Yeah, I. it's so hard because you want to be like, oh, let's just let it be and not talk about it because it could be a distraction. But this dude still proceeds to grow his points championship lead. So maybe it's a distraction to the team, but him as a whole – seems to be doing just fine with the situation yeah oh yeah he's he's he figured out how to handle it last summer i think that's why he didn't win the title last summer yeah he's he's got it down pat now um real quick a oh and when i said you can't drive two cars in the same season i just meant any two cars that happen to one of them be an f1 car because it's the only series that won't let their racers race outside the sport so Kyle Larson, he's going to race 15 vehicles next year. That's a fake number and a hyperbole, hyperbolic estimate, but we're still going to do that, and we're going to celebrate it over here in the States. If you want to watch one guy in one car all season do the same damn thing every week, go watch Formula 1. Um, I did want to give a shout-out to uh, Antron Brown and Ron Caps, uh, two friends of the show uh, that – took down the uh, Brainer Nats uh, wins today in the uh, top fuel and funny car classes. I think, uh, I think Antron's like third in the top fuel standings and Ron Caps leads the funny car standings now. So I'm amped for that. Damon couldn't be on um, to talk drag racing. I should have texted him just to make sure, but he usually doesn't like the late shows. Um, we're going to try to do the dirt show Monday night for uh, Tuesday morning release. And then again, Wednesday night for Thursday morning. Um, and that's kind of going to be the lineup. We'll do the post-race kind of NASCAR talk today on Sunday night. Um, and then the others on, well, to be released. So the podcast will kind of come out on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. I, I don't know. I think repetition helps people know when our stuff is going to come out. And I think people like it that way. If you like it sporadic and just want it, and we'll do emergency episodes of stuff hits the fan, stuff like that. But Leave your comments and give us some feedback of, of what you want to see with that type of stuff. Um, but that's kind of my plans laid out, at least at this moment. Um, and yeah, my best friend won a drag race today. Pretty cool. Pretty cool, guys. Oh, are you still on this? I was at Eddieville on Saturday. I, we've gone to that uh, World Fuel Alter Nationals for 15 years in a row now that I've kind of raced fan vacation there after Nationals. and. Aside from the two guys in the press box, and not even the two guys in the press box, there's an older one and younger one. Old, older guy was fine. The younger guy was more worried about the center blocks and the center lane of the drag strip than the driver's safety. Um, I thought he was kind of disgusting and stupid, honestly. Uh, but everything else about Eddieville I love and uh, love the people down there are guys that Nitro Madness lost in the finals. Uh, so that kind of stunk. Uh, but it was like... The guy who won ran a 386, and they ran a 392. So we saw a damn damn good race at the end. Uh, and it, it's always over in, like, a flash of your eyes, and you're like, damn, that day's already over? Like, it feels like five minutes ago we were out here drinking and complaining about how hot it was. So 
I had fun there. How was Hawkeye Downs, guys? Yesterday was steamy, that's for sure. Yeah, it was a sneaky hot. Like, it got hotter as 5 o'clock got closer. It just, yeah, it was just sticky as heck. But, yeah, Friday night we celebrated our our champions, had um, final races, and then did our annual party on the track um, with all the drivers and everything like that. So, that you guys have a well. party on the racetrack? Yes. Yeah. So after yeah. the after all the races, um, we have all the um, drivers bring their cars out. We have all the champions park in Victory Lane, and um, we'll we do interviews with them, pictures, everything like that. But then the fans can all come down and get candy, get autographs. Of course, there's some drinking that goes on down there, and um, yeah, I just it's a real good way to kick off the the end of the year. So that's I'm, what we do on Fortnite. I think I'm going to take that idea straight to Knoxville. Do it. I so I'm gonna I'm gonna be real honest. I took it um, from Iowa Speedway. That's awesome. So, no, that's fantastic. Did I have I ever told you Brian Scott gave me a beer when I was 19 in the Iowa Speedway infield? No. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Yeah, can we talk that. about this? Uh, yeah, it's statute of limitations, right? I think we're good. Oh God. But it was, yeah, so I was after the race and we were doing a post post race con- concert, and he was like, "You want a beer? Let me go get you one, dude." And he just thought I was a cool guy, and I think he's like a damn cool guy. He was fantastic to talk to. Didn't find out I was not twenty one until the end of that conversation. I promise. So if anything, yeah. I'm the only one who can get in trouble here, but. It uh, it was cool though. Yeah. So Iowa Speedway did that though. I don't know if you remember, but like their last race of the year, they invited the, the fans down for like music and some games and. I think you know, a little like, bit. It was always dictated by who we were going to the race with. Does that yeah, make sense? So, like I kind of remember, but I don't at the same time. I feel like it was the first, like the first couple years after NASCAR took over or whatever. But so, yeah, that's pretty much where I took it from. And we had already before I had gotten to Hawker Downs, they did that as like a intermission thing. And I just said, hey, why don't we, you know, put it to the end of the night and then just, you know, try to make it a big, you know, deal. And um, it's my favorite thing of the year just because I, I, I think it's a great way to just cap off the end of you know, 17 weeks of grueling short track racing. So someday Caleb, I'll have you along with some of the 10 days of Knoxville and you'll understand why I drink till six 30 in the morning. The, the second that event gets oh, yeah. over every year. Uh, yep. I, I love it. I hope someday I can get down there. I don't like, I, you know, it would be better for our website if I went up to Jackson this week and talked to people up there about sprint car stuff or, I didn't go to Eddieville and race fan with my dad. It's just kind of been this tradition thing. And I know like I'm the biggest, just because you've been doing something for so long doesn't mean you should keep doing it. It just feels like weird to even think about not going there and seeing that event. So when our, if our friends ever get out of running that race car and do that, then maybe, maybe we won't go, but hopefully someday it works out uh, that I get down there for that final weekend. I want to like, that's sweet. I, I would love to, experience like hawkeye down's biggest nights of the year yeah so and that's big eight is always a a really big one but then um we're working on trying to build that asa midwest tour night um we just struggle to get crowd for that for some reason you have Um, a do you have a kick-ass name for the race 
Uh, this year yes. it was the Hawkeye 100. Oh, no, no, no. How about the Hawkeye Smackdown? Someone's, you can just like write Smack be... and Sharpie on the logo and cross out the S. Oh, God. Someone said it with... should be uh, the uh, Hawkeye Hundo. I like that. I like because I call Justin Henderson Hendo all the time and no one knows who the fuck I'm talking about. But yeah, it was really cool. I mean, I obviously love to have the, the super late models there. Um, it's always a really, really cool thing for me. And then we also had the mid-am stock cars. Um, there was 25 of those, which was super, super cool. They're, they've That's been up and down. That's what Joey right? Yes. That's what Joey won in? Yep. 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 So it's basically like a sportsman, um, but then they're a little bit more built for like the touring and stuff. And um, so, yeah, to have 25 of those was super, super awesome. And they've put on some some great racing um, the last couple of years that they've came. So that was super cool. And then we had a, a Legends race as well. And Limcool won that, right? Yep, Danny Limcool ended up winning it. Jeremiah Davis led. You'll you'll be so he led all the way until the white flag, and coming out of four to take the white flag, um, he just bobbled and pushed up the track, and um, then got passed by two others in the last lap. But now, it, I, I the only reason I'm smiling about that. Um, is because he looked like he was smiling in victory lane afterwards. And I think that's really cool because you can tell so really he's the driver. Josh is just laughing at Jeremiah. I'm going to run that. Oh, no, he wasn't. Maybe he was eating. No, I was camera. picking up, no, I was picking up something. <laughs> I, was, I thought you were laughing and you had to go off the screen. No, no I was still sitting there. in shambles as it <laughs> happened. So Lemcool and Davis are good buddies. and Because he had uh, Castle but, Motors on his suit, right? If I saw oh, so yeah, here's the deal. So Danny Lemcool is good buddies with Landon. And Gosh. so the cool thing was the night was sponsored by Castle. So what was funny is Danny Lemcool, sponsored by Castle, ended up winning, but he passed Jeremiah Davis, who is a Castle employee, to win the race. <laughs> so it was kind of a funny thing. And, and uh, Danny actually said after the race, he goes, Jeremiah is going to need some therapy, but – it's uh he 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 did good. It was really close and yeah, unfortunately he just bobbled coming off a of four and that was that was that. Jeremiah's got way more years out of him. I can't wait to see what next season turns in. How'd he do points wise? I do want to know that. We sh- actually we should get him on the show and then he was ask him finished about- ninth in the points, right? Yeah, I think he was ninth. And Top I don't 10. think he did the full season, so yeah, ninth with skipping races with with an incident, as Caleb would call it. With an in no. I'm just doing the Chase Elliott bullshit. I was gonna say the Saturday race wasn't a points race. I'm, I can't even be like a sarcastic Chase Elliott fan because Caleb will just look at me like you're stupid. Like shut up, dude. <clears throat> hey, if it helps, Chase Elliott's the hardest driver that I try to defend on this podcast. Like it, it, it's not it's easier to defend every like Graham Rahal, Club Rahal is on the rise. The stock market's rising on that. We're I, I so wish you guys 
would have seen the podcast I would have done. I would have found a way to drug myself out of bed on Sunday after nationals to brag to Caleb about Graham Ray Hall's and Nick win. But it's going to come, and it's, it's going to be fantastic. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. That's a, uh, it's a good stopping point, I think. I, I really like this format. I think we were less rushed on here. And uh, let us know what you guys think of it. And uh, the Dirt episodes come in Monday night, Tuesday morning. So appreciate you guys. Thanks to the Carl Auto Group for being our presenting sponsor. Uh, if you're interested in a partnership uh, or sponsorships with us, uh, my DMs are open on Twitter, and I will give you my number first thing as long as you tell me that's what you're looking for, uh, or my email address as well. So reach out. Don't feel, uh, don't be shy about it. Um, we'd love to uh, be able to help you, and I love sponsors that are involved with us and uh, like to have an impact on what we do as well. So let me know if I can help that, uh, and we can help you guys make that happen. Um, and if not, it's all good, but I uh, appreciate y'all for uh, listening and we will see you Tuesday morning.